Hello, and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. What's up, Bob? Oh, um, you know, Pete, I, I'm not... I'm not in the midweek doldrums. It's, that's good. But it's like... Um, I've had some hazy weeks recently that kind of like just like slogging through. And I don't know, you know, for a while I was blaming the kind of like a parental post holiday thing. Yeah. It's been a while since the holiday, so I can't lean on that anymore. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But the beginning of the year gets busy. Things get crazy. Everyone kicks back into action. I got got more people in my house. Things are crazy. Just stuff's going on. So I'm just kind of trudging through. That said, um, I put off this recording like a day. But through the day today, I got more and more excited. I'm like excited to record tonight. So uh, that's a good feeling, man. I'm happy to do it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. How about you? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I was kind of reluctant to bring this up, but I was just talking to you uh, in pre-pro. Yes, yes. I was thinking about adding some reading material to the downstairs bathroom that I have. Mm. That's kind of near my record room man cave area. Yes, 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 yes. Um, looking at some 60s, 70s playboys, but strictly mm. for the articles. Of course. I mean, why would you, know? you not? Why would you not? Um, and uh, it's 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 fun because they're, they're actually... I mean, being serious now, there are actually like tons of cool looking interviews where I'm like, huh, that would be fun. But I just oh. thought it, I thought it'd be like a fun little grimy thing to have in like the downstairs bathroom and not having children, you know, like, yeah, you I can guess get away I, with I, can, that. I can get away with that somewhat. So, I mean, so, so <clears throat> the real funny, like, like once you do that, you know, you kind of have this like cool there's like a little bit of kitschiness to the 60s or 70s playboys with with what i mean to be like fair and honest yeah there are some like neat interviews and obviously excellent photography (laughs) is you just sneak in like a uh like a club in the middle after after that's become acclimated and you just see how far that goes yeah yeah (laughs) we'll give it a go i'll let you know how it works out uh everybody welcome maybe you can bring your family over one of these days yeah we'll just see you i'll be like what is this (laughs) i'm like oh who knows what that is um uh, and and at some point i can tell you um about the screenplay in my head for a uh romping buddy comedy called woods porn oh um, that opens with um you know a friend picking up an old friend clearly they're at different places in life you know the, the friend gets off the airplane and is like dressed well, like business casual, like, you know, clearly doing stuff. His friend, obviously slovenly mess, driving like a, a mid-80s Buick. Uh, the friend's like, oh, what have I got myself into? You know, so <laughs> it was all pretty, pretty stock footage here. But as they're leaving, he's like, hey, I, I got, I just got one errand to, to run before, uh, before we head over to your parents' house. You know, he's like, oh, oh. Well, I, I was thinking you just drop me off. He's like, no, no, I won't take long. It's just on the way. Yeah, you, you can help me too, actually. You, you're sitting passenger. You can just, there's, it, we're just going to go over by the woods behind Mr. McKinley's house, you know? It's like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, you know. And so he's like, go ahead, grab, grab that box. And it's a box of pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, okay, okay, cool, cool. Just, just start throwing those out the windows into the woods as we drive by. <laughs> <laughs> because that is the origin story of Woodsport. And yeah. uh and and then uh hijinks ensue from there. Which yeah, I think I mean, uh, is nice. 
Porn in the Woods, if you're unfamiliar, it's like proto Pornhub. <laughs> uh, well, this is the most uh, NC seventeen uh, episode of of uh, In Search of Tracks <laughs> to go. So, um, why so, don't we uh, keep it moving? <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about some music. Yeah, let's um, get into it. So, we are going to talk about a new album um, by mm. a band called the Reds, Pinks, and Purples. Um, mm. The album is called Summer at Land's End. So. This came out just a few at the time of recording. This is mid-February. Um, and this record came out, I believe, the first week in February um, on Tough Love Records and Slumberland Records. Mm. San Francisco-based band. Um, I think their first record came out in 2019, and this is their fourth LP. Um, and I picked this one, Bob. Yes, you did. Do you know why I picked this one? I have no clue, and I, I kept myself in the dark uh, intentionally for the uh, beauty of this conversation. So why don't you tell me, what, why did you pick this one? I really picked it because I just wanted to start including more new albums into the mix. Mm. You know, I mean, looking backwards is fun. Obviously, we have a ton of fun with it, but I think that um, there's a lot of new music, so we need to start incorporating that a little bit here and there. So this is my first first attempt at that i mean we've done that a little bit over the course of this podcast yeah. but i think i think we can be a little bit better at it so I agree. that's just uh that's one of my new year's resolutions oh i love it we didn't do a new year's resolution show all right yeah well, new year's resolution for the podcast you know i'm 100 I'm in i think that's a great idea i think it's a great way to have conversations about new music in the same way that we do about older music um i hope people are along with us for the ride <clears throat> i think think i've had a lot of fun just doing it so far um you know 100%. We've, done, we've had a couple opportunities to do it and it just is uh it's always cool and it, it you know my experience following that with those records is always more familiar and and more it's it's warmer you know what i mean and, and that that's kind of great so sure. um so really that's all you can ask for yeah so this one in particular i guess the reason i picked this album Yes, is because um, it's pretty much the solo project of a guy named Glenn Donaldson, um, who I met a few times. He was friends of friends when I lived in San Francisco. Mm. Um, I played in a band um, that was kind of associated with different bands he was doing, which he's been in a ton of bands. Um, the band that he did immediately before Reds, Pinks and Purples was called Art Museums. Mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine named Virginia played in that band oh, that's and cool. they were on Woodsist records um, associated, associated with the band Woods, um, you know, who obviously run Woodsist records and yes, all yes. these associated projects. Um, so they were cool. They broke up. Um, unfortunately, one of the members of art museums died in a tragic um, bike accident. Mm. Um, and I, I guess as the story goes, um, Glenn Donaldson kind of started reds, pinks and purples around that time. So it was kind of like a coping thing in a way. Um, I think he started writing songs according to the slumberland website around 2013, but the first record didn't come or the first LP didn't come out till 2019. Okay. So that being said though, he put a record out last year. I think he put another record out in 2020. So it's pretty much been a record a year so far. So pretty active. 
Um, yeah, prolific, and this is, prolific. Yeah, and this is the newest uh, newest attempt. So I was excited about this record in particular because I really liked the record that came out last year, which was called Uncommon Weather. Yes. Um, so I was completely <laughs> unfamiliar, but I checked out a couple songs off that too and was pretty impressed with it, actually. Yeah, it was one of those records that I put on a lot last year so i was i was stoked for this this record so i'm curious to see what you think and i'm curious to talk i'm excited to talk about it yo so i have a couple kickoff questions because as as noted not familiar at all um and we like to kind of get in our spot here and you gave some good background (sighs) i'm gonna ask you the genre question which we don't love doing, but we like to talk about it. You know, it's like fun to, to kind of poke at it. Sure. So, so put that tickle in the back of your head. Before I do that, <clears> though, <throat> I'd ask you, yo, how do you pitch this to someone who's never heard it? We're, me and you are at the record store. This is something that's absolutely happened. And you pull out an LP and go, oh, I love this record. And I go, oh, what's that all about? Yeah. That's a tough one. And that's something I was really thinking about, obviously, while I was listening to this. But... I, I think if you are a fan of God 2010s indie rock, like late aughts, early te- 2010s. So like anything on Woodsist records, I guess real estate were one of the bigger names. Mm-hmm. I think you could vibe with this, but then if we're looking back, like I actually hear a lot of the cure in here. Mm. Um, I definitely hear, some psychedelic elements. Um, and honestly, this is not something that would sell you, but having lived in San Francisco for a few years, there's something about this record that's in like, it's in, it's an intangible thing, but it, it is so reminiscent of San Francisco for me for a few reasons. So mm. uh, by the way, uh, there's a undeniable Bay area feel to this record. So, you think so? Okay. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, again, it's kind of intangible. I can't put my finger on it, but it's just, it's like this kind of melancholy kind of wistfulness that like, it's a real thing over there. But then there's also like some of the lyrics are kind of like tongue in cheek and kind of funny. So there's like a good sense of humor to it, but at the same time, it's kind of deadly serious at certain points. So yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot there. Um, but uh, there's a, a touch of um, so, you know, like, how do you describe something sounding like a city, you know, um, especially when that can change over time? Like there's music from the 60s and 70s that I think feels decidedly San Francisco, but that clearly doesn't sound like this. Yeah. Um, there's, Although these, there's elements. Yes, exactly. There's a level of <clears throat> earnestness. Um, in the tone and potentially some of the content while also married to um, a bit of a, a lightness in sound um, that well, it can get heavy, but it, it doesn't, it's not, it's unafraid to kind of flitter as well. Um, and that's some of the stuff that makes me think of like San Francisco Bay area when it comes to more rock music, if we go to the more, uh, you know, uh, underground side of it there is a lot of obviously super aggressive music but that said when I'm thinking more accessible stuff um, the Bay Area does a really good job with this kind of interesting tone where it feels like they are 
not self-serious to a fault, but there's a confidence that they don't have to uh, like self-flagellate <sighs> for people to understand that they're good at what they do, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this guy has a track record too. I, I, I knew of art museums, but then I looked at his discogs and he's been in about 15 different bands. So, um, this is a dude that's been doing it for a while and, uh, this is a solo project. So I, I guess we should mention too, that when we say solo project, it's not like he's even getting dudes into the studio. This is like dude with a drum machine, uh, self-recording, I think for the most part and self-performing, I think all of the instruments as well. So it's kind of a total labor of love. Yeah. Like full, full. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Solo project by pure definition. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, so that's, that was the first version. Where do you genre this Pete? Where do I genre it? Yeah, give it a genre. Do you have an easy genre for it? Do we need to make up a new one? I mean, I think this firmly would fit into like the indie rock category. Yes. However, it's to me like... Yo, are we post-indie rock? Like (laughs) in terms of like a, a, a standard sound? Like is that sound crazy to say? I mean, if we if we if we've learned anything over the course of this podcast, is that genres are completely meaningless for the most completely, part, right? Completely, so, just for organizing record sections. Exactly, That's exactly, right. exactly. So, I like if I had to choose, this would go in like the 2010s or tw- I guess now 2020s indie rock section. But um, yeah, I mean, this is it. Doesn't sound like Animal Collective. No, um, it doesn't sound like Tame Impala. You know, like I oh, are those are sound, those considered indie rock? I guess they would be. Uh, like how can Tame and Paul be indie like I guess? <laughs> I mean Coachella Rock. Coachella Rock, exactly. And that's the thing is that um there's this world that exists <clears throat> of independent indie rock by all definitions. Like, hey, I don't think this Reds, Pinks, and Purples record is aiming to be mainstream no would i be surprised to hear the a song uh off this record played at urban outfitters clearly not clearly wouldn't be surprised yeah that would fit yeah i mean uh any coffee shop in america including starbucks sure you know what i mean and by the way i don't say this in a derogatory way i say this not at all yeah it's um, just that it, it's got hooks. It's unoffensive. It's like, it's, you know, uh, it's kind of nice. And I mean this in a complimentary way, but yes. it, it, it almost makes for like perfect background music in a lot of ways. I get there too. Yeah. Um, yo, to be really honest, I, I the, a, a band that I'm more familiar with, uh, turnover, um, put a record out a couple of years ago. And one of the songs gets is on regular rotation on the target soundtrack. Oh, wow. You know, the in-store soundtrack. So it's like, and guess what? It totally fits. And it it's a good song. It's a great song even. Yeah. So like, this isn't derogatory. I agree. By classical definition, this record should be in the indie rock section. No question. But to me, um, I think I was looking at the only the only thing I did look at was the brief Spotify elevator pitch. If you click on the artist, okay, and uh, it described the project as kitchen pop. Okay, Pete, on a scale of one to ten, how much do I like the term kitchen pop? Yeah, <laughs> uh, t- 
two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A two point five on a great day. Um, two point five on a great day when it's Guy Fieri, and it's like Kitchen Pop, bro. You know, I mean, um, Guy Fieri Kitchen Pop would be like like Motley Crue demos, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Guy Fieri Kitchen Pop is lit acoustic. Um, <laughs> so, um, all right. So let me go through some my my process here. This isn't Dream Pop. But I could see elements. I think that, yeah, I think that 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 category actually, I think, could work potentially. Yes. It's not shoegaze. No, but there's elements. Elements. Um, it is like you you nodded at the cure. I hear elements of that, but I wouldn't call it like it's not Brit pop or Brit rock or new wave or post punk. <clears throat> but there's elements of a lot of that stuff. Yeah. As there can be an indie. Um, would this be offensive to the cubicle neighbor next to you in an office space? No chance. Not at all. But calling this modern soft rock also doesn't feel nice. <laughs> no. But it's not a million miles away. If somebody who said to me, you know, I, I got off a, a plane from 1976 and I just, I just really like Seals and Croft and James Taylor. What, what should I listen to? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be a jerk for giving them this record. It'd be like, oh, okay, this isn't, this isn't the same thing as I, I was looking for. But it's not. I'm not bothered by it, and I, I could probably vibe on it. You know? Yeah. So, like, like things that is it breeze rock? Like it's. And I use this record, this Reds, Pinks, and Purples record, which I, I, I quite enjoyed um, as an example because I'm seeing more and more of the current stew of indie bands and bands in the indie label and indie sphere who are going for kind of a more mellow sound or a lighter sound or fluffier sound. I also wouldn't call this like um, atmospheric but there's elements, certainly a title track, you know, and there's a few other spaces where it hits it. But they're just pulling from all these different elements. And indie rock is kind of the spine of the beast, but there's so much more. And it feels very post all of it. Um, so it's really interesting. So uh, I chime in people uh, at uh, in search of tracks or trackspot at gmail.com. Yeah, let uh, us know. Please give us your thoughts on that. But do you do you feel me? Because I, I I was as I was listening, to this, I then kind of fell down a, a bit of an algorithm hole with some of the other suggested artists, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Oh, this is all right. Like interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Do you remember any of them? I'm curious what popped up. Yeah, I do. Um, one, the song off the Uncommon Weather record. Um, uh, the record player and the damage done. Is that it? Anyways, that that song is excellent. Um, like really, really memorable song, and it's like a deep cut off that record. The record player and the damage done. Yeah, yeah, um, I really enjoyed that record. Yeah, let me see. It was maybe BBY. Was that one of the ones? Yeah, it's interesting though because I'm <clears> looking <throat> at this, and even some of his like, it's suggesting dummy. That's weird. Huh. Interesting. Um. Anyways, I can I can. Yeah, yeah, we'll look it up. Bunny, B-N-N-Y, that's one. Okay. I thought that was good. Uh, I mean, for me, it's like like I hear some creation record stuff. I hear some 
like television personalities and bands like that. Like we, we covered a felt record a long time ago. I hear a little bit of that. I, 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 when I was reading about his influences or I guess some reviews of different records of his, um, a lot of people reference Sarah records. I'm Um, unfamiliar. I'm totally unfamiliar, which just made me feel like maybe I'm totally missing out on something. But I went through the entire Sarah Records discography, and I know one band, this band Heavenly. Okay, um, yeah, I know that. I know the name of that band. Yeah, yeah, it's like late '80s, '90s stuff. But it's uh, Heavenly are good. Um, I'm vaguely familiar with them, but then there's tons of other bands that I've never heard of. So maybe he's pulling from that. I have no idea, but a lot of people seem to think he is. So whatever, maybe so, worth diving into at some point. Yeah, that's actually, that could be a fun activity. So anyways, um, I'm really intrigued by it because I think this whole little world of stuff probably deserves its own little corner. And if this is just the, you know, the shape of indie rock to come, I'm, I'm for it. Or the shape of indie rock now, I'm fully with it. It's just, um, it's just interesting to see how the sound evolves over time and where it's kind of currently at, because this is, uh, certainly a mature, really unique and refined sound. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, you know, does this sound like Yola Tango? No. Could could <clears throat> could they be on the same mixtape? Yeah, clearly, you know? Yeah, sure. So anyways. Um, I mean, last thing I'll say, I yeah, think please. that, I, I think at this point, it's, I mean, maybe in 2020, maybe in the 2020s, it's easier to categorize by record label because I yeah. feel like labels are doing, I mean, I feel like probably over time they have always done a good job of this for the most part, but labels in 2020 are doing a good job, particularly indie labels of picking bands that are kind of within the same lane somewhat. Um, and I think if you look at the slumberland records roster, I was going to say, I feel not, like when you said that, just, I was like, not oh, just, that makes yeah, sense. not just today, but like over time, I mean, slumberland's been around for a while. It's, it's firmly like if you like slumberland record, if you like anything on slumberland records, you'll, most likely kind of dig this. So there's that. Well, yo, um, without further ado, uh, do you have any other questions? Do you have any questions for me on this record before we go in track by track? Let's go track by track. I just want to hear what you think. I want to hear your faves. Okay. Um, Let's start with the first song. Don't come home too soon. The cold out cuts right through me. Wonder if you got what you were owed Everything you thought life could be Still I miss you more I miss you more But don't come home too soon The dramatic scenes we play out from past lives and bitter doubt, low self-esteem, old patterns. So I want you to start because I want first impressions. Okay, so I went in totally blind, mm. and coming out of the gate, I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." So the guitars are really distant and kind of like arm's length. And the vocals are sort of up front, by the way, which I feel like evens out a bit later on through the record, or I just kind of got used to it. Yeah. Um, Interesting. 
Yeah, and I was like, okay, this is pretty good. Um, I actually, upon first listen, I, this didn't pull me in. And on later listens, I was like, oh, I don't know if this should have been the opener. Um, it's not the strongest song on the record. Uh, I think lyrically, I found myself interested, um, kind of just poking around at what what he was talking about, and felt like okay. So this the and this the um, the genre conversation kind of comes off of this in terms of where do I place this? Um, yeah. And thinking about it, I'm like, okay, this is like modern indie, but it's also got these like sparse depth, you know, and it's almost like stream of consciousness as I'm going through where I'm like, there's a lot of, there's, there's some tempo shifting, but it's very subtle and almost all the songs incur a significant amount of repetition Mm -hmm. it's all slow build this song doesn't get to anywhere that i find super interesting as opposed to songs further on down the line okay Uh, so i don't think this is a super strong opener but i it was not it didn't put me off but immediately on the next song i feel more pulled in okay cool where were you at yeah, I mean, this one for me, I guess sticking with the NC-17 rating the, of this yeah. podcast, it was yeah. kind of a grower, not a shower for me, yeah. <laughs> um, where like the more that I, the more that I listened to this song, um, the more I liked it. Like I found myself actually kind of humming this song when mm. I wasn't listening to it. So it definitely stuck with me. It's, it's, it's a catchy tune. Um, I... I guess I, I'll say, I mean, sticking with that same kind of comment, I, yeah. I didn't it didn't grab me. Like, I know that I really love some of this dude's songs. Yeah. So coming into it, I wasn't super psyched. It didn't grab me the way that I was hoping, but over time it kind of has grabbed me in that way. So that's cool. Um, I will uh, say, yeah, yeah. Just as my cut in the, the, I feel this, uh, similar in the grow, not a shower. Uh, it grew on me even though it never grabbed me, you know, I will say the lyrics come out of the gate very strong. Um, and the first verse I thought was maybe your mood doesn't suit me. The cold air cuts right through me. You wonder if you got what you were owed, everything you thought life could be. And I, I just thought like, okay, this, this comes out strong. It's mature, but it's also kind of actualized plain speak, but in a, you know, very tangible narrative feel. Like it feels very like, oof, like if anyone's had a partner <laughs> that they've <laughs> lived with, there's times where you can feel that like, all right, closeness, but distance, please. Right. Sure. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it, again, it's just like that San Francisco feel to me. It's like a dude staring out of his window reflectively kind of, deep in thought about something. Damn, um, Stan Fran needs to do like go Niners or something. I don't know. They need to pick up their spirits. I mean, yeah, I don't got, know. it's there's, a good city, there's, but it's, a, there's maybe a little too reflective sometimes. There's a, there's a shadow over that city. I can't explain it. Um, it's at least, a funny, in, at, least it's, at least in my experience, that was a, that was a dark period for Pete Hilton, but um, yo, I honestly, I think there's been a lot of people when I've been in San Fran as a visitor, I always have a nice time, but, but I've definitely known some folks who've gone there and had woe is me periods. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like not, not even like it's the end of the world, but just like 
some weird uh, soul searching, we'll say. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. It's a place to place to contemplate all of it. But yeah, I mean, uh, getting away from that. I mean, overall, this song it's 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 a short three minutes. I think I I love the mix of it. Actually, you were talking about the distant guitars and mm-hmm. the upfront vocals. I think that can be maybe a little jarring because the vocals are pretty upfront at first yes. but but overall i think you get used to it like you said and i mean at three minutes it doesn't overstay its welcome and it kind of just jumps into the next tune no i i think i would say that um brevity uh does well with this record and i think it's a strength as we continue forward um so go ahead jump in so next. let's let's pretend we're not in love um i believe i could be wrong i believe this was the single that he released before the record came out um Dude, the the opening track of this, or the opening, like, four seconds, Mm. four seconds, maybe 10, 15 seconds before the vocals kick in, it sounds like it could be a U2 song to me. Am I crazy? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, My first note was feeling notes of Britpop, Um, and and I could hear the early U2 sound for sure. Uh, There's something in here where I was like, it's not jangling guitar stuff but it's kind of winking at a jangle um <laughs> i don't know how familiar you are because i'm not super familiar but i've listened to some like of the johnny marr solo stuff yeah and there's some elements of that here um and I, overall i i enjoyed this quite a bit i thought this song this song pulled me in much more than the opener and felt like it kind of just clicked in right away cool yeah i feel that i mean this one i think is it's a great it could have been an opener um oh yeah but it's a great tune yeah really good song really good song i think this is the way to go and and it just um slow moving but but none of it it's a three minute long song feels appropriate uh i I will say this it doesn't feel like it's not there with you um while at the same time uh and i'll get to it as we keep going um next song is new light so this one um kind of switches it up a little bit there's a different beat yep. um again we're dealing with a drum machine here so mm-hmm. kind of a different feel um the vocals i thought felt kind of particularly vulnerable on this yes. song um they're really really forward in this one in this way that i think that element of the song really draws you in in this way that it might not on other songs um but this one, like, I guess I'll say this again. I, like I mentioned before, how I mean this as a compliment, but it, yeah. this this can be kind of background music ish. Yes. Um, this song is one of those songs for me, where let's pretend we're not in love is more of like a catchy sing along song that I might turn up. This is one that like I might be in the kitchen making a drink or something too. Yeah, you know. You know this whole record has real work from home vibes yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> and I'll get there later, but it's, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's engaging. It's, it's like what a, um, I feel like it's Matt Damon's character in oceans 11 where it's like, look, <laughs> be likable, but not memorable, be engaging, but distant. Be, you know what I mean? Be charming, but not funny. Sure. Make yeah. a joke that everyone forget. It's like 
all these little <laughs> things, right? So so it's a spy record. Um, I think <laughs> that's, this one that's the genre, spy genre, spy, spy genre. Yeah, it's like yeah. a spy movie, yeah. um, a romp. Uh, this also made me think of being in a one of those float tanks. Oh um, sure, like those because uh, it's a very relaxing song. Um, it's sparse, but it's kind of got rich instrumentation to me. Uh, and this is where I'm like, oh, okay, we're getting a real slow movement to melodies. Yeah. And overall, this made me think of this being a very soft shapes record. Um, there's no... Even the shifts are rounded off and easy as opposed to being angular, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's nothing angular about this record. No, no, no. It's all very smooth. So, yeah. um, To speak of, my soul unburdened. With my soul and burden that no care for it, does it it anymore when it declines? When it declines, the senses So this is the first song I think without the drum machine on it. Like there's not, there's really no backbeat. It's just a simple, simple uh, tambourine kind of keeping the beat there. Yep. More of an acoustic feel than we've seen so far on the record. But we get more later. Yep. Yep. Um, to me, this is the first one without like a real hook to it. It's it's more of just like a little psychedelic piece. Yes. Um, which is cool. I mean, it's it's a nice little touch on the record but it doesn't particularly grab me so this one is as i said soft shape records this is maybe as rough as it gets it's like <laughs> rough around soft edges i didn't even know how to place it but it feels a little bit more um maybe it's in the lyrics of the vocal delivery you know it's always funny when there's a, a song on a record like this where they drop a hard f like fuck yeah and and it's uh it's like whoa, oh, jeez. Rather Pearl than the, rather than the other hard F. Right, right. Which <laughs> that, yeah, that would that, be I, I had to clarify because I was like, <laughs> that would be even more shocking, and like probably would be lead to like me be like, Pete, are we really? This is what we're doing. That's weird. Um, I didn't expect this. Um, I like the song. Uh, again, this is the song that, as I was stream of consciousness listening to the record and going through the first and second time, um, and on the third, I went you know eureka the songs are really unfolding slowly yeah and it just kind of uh, you know I, I bet there's if i was more musically inclined i could kind of go through and be like okay so what kind of a measure are we going through here like how many progressions do we go through to before he hits some you know movement um but i i thought this is because of the length it felt very breezy and um added to the flow like I, I thought the change up felt good here and i enjoyed it yeah yeah i mean i think if if the vibe remained the same here it would start sounding too samey so i do think it's a good transition yeah i actually you know what uh well thought out record um <clears throat> to my ear from start to finish so for sure all right next song the uh this is the 
title track of the Reds, Pinks, and Purples album, Summer at Land's End. This track is also Summer at Land's End. <laughs> um, I'm curious to hear what you think of this. I love this song. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm all about the total kind of psychedelic wash. Um, this, this, this kind of serves as the centerpiece to the record. I feel like, even yes. though it's not exactly in the middle, but it's just about there. Um, it's really just setting a tone and that's like what it's doing. Um, again, it's, it, it sounds very San Francisco to me. It's kind yes. of just like this seven minute meditation in the middle of the record. So this I, is like, I, if I somebody, it's yeah, it's, it's like if somebody was like, well, I, I'm, I've been deep into, <clears throat> 60s 70s bay area psych rock di- crate digging but i also love shoegaze and um also want to do something that's a bit more atmospheric yeah so um i was like this isn't space music i can't call it fully atmospheric i was like this is high ceiling loft music um <laughs> <laughs> this is the there's a little bit of darkness in it which i think kind of we've nodded at some of that those elements this is fully instrumental right yeah yeah, I love it. I love it. I think, um, again, seven minutes long seems long, fits the flow of the record perfectly. Yeah, um, I actually, it's at this point where I think you're either on or you're off for the ride that you've um, paid for. You know, so to say, for the record. Yeah, if you're, I mean, if you haven't turned this off before this song this song and you're not digging it, this song will turn you off. But if you, if you're in, you're most likely in yeah, on this one. I, I, I really think where, where they're at with this record um, is kind of this cool intersection of a few different sounds, but not, there's no hodgepodge about it. It's all kind of, it's been blended to a very fine uh, smoothie. That, that goes down smooth. So, and I, I think this is, this works really well. Really, 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 really works well. Uh, For sure. Pour the light in. So real quick, before we get oh, yeah, into yeah. this, I just want to make the caveat. Um, so I was actually surprised to see that there was an instrumental song on this record and there ends up being two. two yeah. Not yeah. to give all that away, but um, there's two instrumentals on this album. Um, when he announced the record, He's putting out a double LP version of it. Um, mm-hmm. That's like so. You know, I think there's a already thousand of them out, or yep. something already sold out. But um, the second LP is strictly instrumental songs that are exclusive to that version. That's cool. Um, really so cool. you know, I'm I'm not sure what the thought process was there, but like, it's basically you know more of this. I hope because I'm I'm really into it. So glad I pre-ordered one. Oh, you got one. Look at you. I did. All yeah, right. man. All Come right. on. I like that energy. Come on. I know. I know. All right. Uh, pour, pour the, the light, light in. in. Um, this might be my favorite song on the record that's not an instrumental because I, I might like the second instrumental more. Um, but in terms of songs with vocals, mm-hmm. I think this is my favorite. And uh, I think it's a great song. I really love the guitar melodies on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really driving. It's got a really good hook. Um, I love, there's like this, I think it's keyboard layering in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all here. It's kind of like the best elements of everything on the record is kind of within this track. And uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, My notes, best track so far. Some really evident 60s vibes. Um, But again, the guitar production, it's so distant. 
yeah the way they're kind of playing it's really there and i think that's obviously the intent um this song made me think of a procol harem cold cave collaboration uh, <laughs> which is a really weird thing to say and 100 percent a bay vibe like this is this is really good and what's the what's the what's the track length on this one i i think this one is yeah 409 pete this song feels like it's two minutes and 20 seconds to me yeah it, it feels very quick. short like yeah. that's we come in here all the time we're like this record's too long it drags it drags am i wrong to say this record hasn't had a draggy part yet partially because maybe the intent is this slow build slow slow unraveling of the songs Dude, that's the thing. I mean, and I think that's why I played Uncommon Weather so much in 2021 is because it's it's like, what am I going to listen to? Oh, I'll just put this on again. And it's like, it's so easy to listen to. It's really pleasant. It's, I don't know. I, I'm i I'm in. Yeah, I think he's very good at that. All right. I, 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 we, we're on the same same wave here. Uh, all night we move. Um. So driving beat he takes it down a notch here um goes for a more kind of like like airy psychedelic kind of pop feel acoustic psych pop feel i guess yeah yeah i was i said it's a a little more upbeat but then also there's like this fake out drum part to kick off the song it's like oh (laughs) no no not gonna go all that way but Uh, give you a little something different here yeah yeah i mean it's 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 a cool song it's not one of my favorites on the record but it it flies by it's it's a nice little nice tune yeah same same feeling um tell me what's real tell me what's real um so i don't think this record drags at all but i will say that at this point you're hitting length i'm hitting i'm hitting a little bit of a little bit of a wall um which maybe it's because i was listening to it with such intent for this episode yes that's exactly right if i had it on in the background i would be i wouldn't even think about it um, but, but at this point in the record, it's this, this song kind of just serves, serves as a vibe and, and that's about it. It doesn't really grab me in any way. So let me, I'm going to make a perhaps crazy take here. Mm. Um, pour the light in, tell me what's real. And then upside down in an empty room. If those were the three songs to start this record, you'd feel very different about it. Yeah. And I also think those three songs are really strong. Uh, we, we already talked about Pour the Light In. Tell Me What's Real is this like high level acoustic small room song. Yeah. Um, the little bit of like echoey on the vocal is super affecting in the song. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, I had a similar feel to you on my second listen. And I was like, I have to listen to the second half of this record again because I was not, I was kind of getting lost in it Mm -hmm. because I was like, this isn't again, not said with any disrespect. I don't think this is meant to be an intent. Listen record. Everything is yes, yes, yes. There's a self indulgence there, but I think this is meant to have this ability to put it on and do your thing and enjoy it exactly as you would. But if you're trying to focus on it, like a track to track as our activity literally is, Mm -hmm. you can start to get lost in it. Yeah. When I went and redid that, where I actually started at all night, we move and and, uh, all night. We move is fine. Uh, lesser track on this record for sure. 
Tell Me What's Real has some real moments on it. And I, I found it like the more I listened to the B side of this album, I, the more I was like, oh, this is this has some really interesting moments. And and Tell Me What's Real and then Upside Down in an Empty Room, the next song, have much more of this acoustic feel overall than a lot of the rest of the record. Yeah, I feel like Upside Down in an Empty Room is a little more melancholy than he gets on the whole record. It's yes. like the peak melancholy yep. here. Um, interesting little change in the backbeat, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a different kind of beat from the rest of the songs. I think um, this may I actually be... like this one a lot, though. Yep. This one this one stuck out to me a little more. You, you, same spot. I, I had a question mark. Is this maybe the best song on the record? Not sure. Um, and I should say best non-instrumental. It's what I call the dream swirl um, song because it's got that dream pop energy, but also has a lot of other stuff being pulled in. I love the chorus on this track. I just think cool. it was yeah. nice. It's just almost, it's not big, but you could see it playing well in, a, in front of an audience, more so than some of the other songs of this record. Sure. Um, Dahlia's in Rain. So this is my other favorite song on the record. Um, which is the (laughs) (laughs) nice, which is the second instrumental song on the record. Um, this feels like the record kind of winding down in a way. Um, the keyboards on this one, I think their keyboards totally feel like the cure to me. So, so like some of the, I said, I said, I felt the cure influence at the beginning, but like what I mean by that is some of it is, is instrumental, like on this song, but then some of it is just not necessarily like the tone of his voice, but the kind of cadence, yep. like the yep, way yep. that he sings. Um, and he doesn't sing on this record. So that's kind of a on moot song point here, yeah. but yeah. or sorry on this song. Yeah. So it's kind of a moot point here, but this is like a psychedelic slow burn in a way. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's great. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, this is the, um, this is the disintegration track on this record. You sure. Know what I mean, yeah. like this is, would fit there as well. Yeah, I, I really like it. And what I really enjoyed was on multiple listens, um, very different texture than Summer at Land's End. You know, yeah, Summer at Land's End is seven minutes long. Dahlia's in Rain, two and a half minutes. And it's just kind of you, it, but it's it's not a doesn't give me interlude feels either. You know what I mean? No, it doesn't no. feel like it's just like oh, let me put something here it feels like a fully formed idea. So that's, um, that's actually a good point. Like somehow, I don't know how one does that, but somehow he manages to have the instrumental tracks on here, not just feel like bridges. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's art, it's artistry. It's, it's so to me, this record would score super well in flow. This record does so well from track to track flow. Couple spots, like I said, I, I think I could just cut all night. We move. 
Um, and I would probably maybe think about, I would place Don't Come Home Too Soon differently. I would keep it, but move it. But one of the strengths of Summer at Land's End to me is the way it comes in off my soul unburdened and into Pour the Light In without yeah. feeling like a bridge at all. It's its own idea. I think you get complete melodies, you get complete ideas, and it isn't just the tail end of one idea and let me give you something in the middle flowing into the new idea. Yeah. And same thing on Dahlia's and Rain. Absolutely. The title also sounds like a Cure song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not go your way. Um, I don't have much to say about this one. It's kind yeah. of just, it's like a nice acoustic outro, essentially. I mean, it's it's not entirely acoustic. There's vocals on it, but it's it's uh, it's more of a mellow feel. It's just like, it's a nice little outro to the record. Soft, feels, feels fitting as a final song. Not much to say about it. It's pleasant. It doesn't outstay its welcome and adds a little bit more variety. Overall, ends up giving you this funny tilt, basically, from... Um, from track eight to 11, we're like, Oh, it, it went, you know, is this the evening of the record? You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's this is the sunset. So, um, so yo, for a record that what's the length on this? Is it like almost 40 minutes? I think it's just about 40 minutes. Um, yeah, 36 minutes, 20 seconds. Okay. Um, moves, uh, as I mentioned, a couple or there's one or two lesser tracks, but not bothered or, or a song that I dislike. It's just, oh, there's songs I like on this record significantly more. For a 36 minute record, I feel as though it moves along, it's crafted well, it feels good. And even for somebody who's not a fan of this genre, they could sit with this and go, okay, that was cool. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it drags at all. It's not too no. long. It's like, it's perfectly crafted in terms of flow. Yeah. So yeah, y- y- as far as flow, you're on the same page as me. feel like it's not disjointed at all. No, no. Okay. What about the quality? It's of the like, song? it's like, it's like masterful in that respect. I think. All right. I, I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It doesn't feel disjointed at all, which is part of the reason, like when we're saying these things, like, <clears throat> background record seems diminutive diminutive and it's not yeah i wish i had another word for that because i i I don't mean it the way that people think of it but 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 to me that's a really positive there's records i fell in love with because i could listen to them while i was writing a paper you know what i mean or like doing work or whatever and there's a lot of people who got to do a lot of bullshit like that and could really use music that isn't you know well, that's Volcano what I'm saying. Girls, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, but that's that's exactly what I'm talking about with Uncommon Weather. When I was listening to that last year, it's like if I'm working, I could put it on. If if I was just having dinner, you know, oh, yeah. with my wife, I could put it on. If I was having people over, I could put it on in the background. It's yep. just like it was like this perfect kind of just like vibe setter for for everything. So that's that's a good way to put it um we'll find we'll come to a term that we like on this yeah because neither of us is scared of the term background record but we know there's there's people who will take that connotation and, and use it as a negative so for sure um there's going to be a super cut of us on youtube they said call, it was calling things background, background music. Record, but it's like yo yeah <laughs> we, but we like it so whatever yeah. uh quality of the songs and lyrics 
I mean, super high quality songs, super high quality lyrics. I, I haven't actually read much of the lyrics because I'm, I'm waiting for that vinyl to come in two months from now. Yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Now, this one's a tough one to answer, but we like to ask it anyways. Timelessness. This is a new release. Yeah. Does it strictly exist in a time and place, or do you think its influence and impact could spread much further? I mean, I get the sense that these records have a pretty good audience. I think I think he's kind of struck a chord with Reds, Pinks, and Purples, from what I can tell. Yeah. People are really psyched on these records, so... Um, but at the same time, it's it's funny to me because this sound feels very kind of late aughts, early 2010s. Mm, mm. But at the same time, when I listen to those records, like like records that came out then that I'm thinking of now, they do sound more dated than this does. Like this, this sounds contemporary still, I think. Um, although there's obviously influences that, you know, go back and back. So no, 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 but, but it's taking some of that. I think the drum machine helps it in terms of feeling contemporary. Yeah. Um, I think so in a weird way. Um, yeah, I, I think there is a little bit of a timelessness element, um, in terms of production wise. If you told me this record came out in 1989, I wouldn't believe you. Sure. But if you, gave this a slightly shoddier production the songs i could believe that you know based on some of the influences and and cues now i would be like uber impressed for them to be melding so much yeah at that moment but um but then you go okay well what about if you said it was 2009 oh yeah i could yeah i could i could buy that for sure um there's little bits of different genres that kind of <clears throat> like, are you familiar with the, uh, the band, the Avid brothers at all, Pete? I know the name. I don't, I couldn't tell you an Avid brothers song. Okay. Um, they have a couple records that I'm sort of familiar with. Uh, what's the one? Emotionalism is the one I, I know relatively well in their very quietest moments. I could even make comparisons to that stuff. But without without any hints of like, uh, yeah, no, with a, 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 a intangible quality, I appreciate significantly more than the David Brothers. Um, that said, there's also an element where this feels of the time. As I was saying, like, there's this kind of post all this indie rock, post post punk, post Brit rock, post post Brit pop, eighties, the nineties post-punk you get all this stuff post atmospheric music like like, yo (laughs) this is a wave of people who have gotten to take all that in yeah and maybe with a broader palette and you know selection of music to dig into than any generation before like just purely on access yeah i think we're seeing it so there's a part of me that goes sound wise yeah, there's there's elements where this could have existed ten years ago, twenty years ago. Production wise, it starts to get foggy before that. Uh, but on energy, it feels very much of right now. So I'm um, with it. Now, how about presentation album art? Uh, I largely dig it, and also more so if you are not familiar 
with the band go and look at their other records they all kind of have a theme to the album art which i love all photos from around san francisco i'm assuming yeah yeah um yeah i i'm glad you mentioned that because that's one of my favorite elements here i love when a band has a consistent kind of theme Mm -hmm. and this reds pinks and purples do that in spades um Summer at Land's End, I will say, I think it's my least favorite album cover of theirs so far. But that being said, um, I it's it's still within the theme. It's consistent. I'm mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, agree. Um, I think the Uncommon Weather album cover... <sighs> it's weird. No, that's not my favorite. I don't know. They're, they're all good, though. Um, and Anxiety Art, I, th- I think if you're looking at Discogs, the original album... Mm-hmm cover is different from the re-release which is within kind of the theme oh so we changed it up for the lp that came out last year yeah for the reissue interesting interesting okay um, but yeah it's cool no, good it's art good art um, great solid. colors yes yeah. and i i like you know what's interesting is do you think the album art fits the sound of the album for the summer at land's end i do do you not no, I think I do. It's a slight, like you mentioned, uh, there's, this is overall kind of a warmer record. Um, there's, there is a pinkness to this record, <laughs> but like the melancholy, I'm not feeling as much in this album art. And I feel that in the sound quite a bit. Sure. You know, so, um, so overall, Pete, we've talked about this. We've kind of looked at this going through and giving this a rating on a scale of one to five stars. What are you going to rate it? So I was thinking of giving it a four, but okay. I, it's hard with new music. It's hard with new music. Yeah. And, and the thing is this, well, think, think about this uncommon s- weather. What, where would you put that? That's exactly it. I mean, like, having spent more time with that album, Mm. I would give that probably a four. Yes. So as a result, I feel like I have to give this maybe a 3.5. Okay. But that being said, maybe the double LP shows up at my door. I play that instrumental record. I know. Maybe it might turn, it turns into a five. I don't know. You know, (sighs) maybe I sit with it another 10 years and we'll see. Yeah. And that's the beauty of new music. I'm giving this a three, uh, a, a very unexpected three. I enjoyed it. It is going to be added into some of my rotation. Um, cool. I definitely I have some uh, projects to work on coming up, and I have a feeling this will play as some of the background for that. Pete, so um, I think I already know your answer, but you will be adding this to your personal collection. Already done. Nice. Pete, well, you yeah. know what? I'm going to go seek this out at the Indie Store Du Jour because despite the fact that the double LP version is sold out in pre-order slumberland, let us know that savvy indie record stores will have the double LP version. So I'm going to keep my eyes peeled um, and check for that when the vinyl eventually hits in April. Um, but yeah, there you go. thank you. Good, good job exposing a friend to new music. Everybody go out and try to do that this week. Yeah. Um, Glad you enjoyed it. That was a fun episode. Yeah. So guys, um, follow us 
Instagram, Twitter, as Bob mentioned, at TraxPod. Mm. Write us your thoughts. If you listen to this, I'm curious to see what you have to say. TraxPod mm. at gmail.com. And give us those five stars, if you don't mind. Five stars, on, uh, they help us. Yeah, they help. So we will see you next week. <laughs>